this is our sidetrack episode for the week. You are listening to No Filler Music Podcast. So Q, what did we talk about last week? Just briefly give us a little overview. Uh, we spent a lot of the episode diving into emo. And yeah, dude, I learned a hell of a lot, man. Like, I didn't realize that emo, you know, went as far back as, as mid-80s. That's for sure. Also, I didn't I didn't even really think of emo as as a genre that had been around long enough to have first, second, third waves, you know, what are we at the fourth wave now? Yeah. So apparently there have been a few bands. Well, a lot of people think that it's because panic at the disco just released a new album. So that's like bringing in a, uh, the fourth wave because there are other newer bands out there that are starting to kind of write and, and, and sound like those emo bands that we remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and the thing that that really got me from from our discussion last week is just how just how little I knew about uh, what bands could actually fall under that category. Yeah, I think I think the the main thing that people get, you know, as we kind of talked about, like people from in our age group at least, like emo music is is closely tied with bands like Fall Out Boy, Taking Back Sunday. Or, you know, if you go Screamo, you've got, like, The Used and Under Oath. So that's what we think about when we think of emo music. But since it goes all the way back to the mid-'80s, uh, branching off of hardcore punk, right, emo music is just a another tag that gets added onto the genre, whatever the genre is that the band also would fall under. You know what I mean? Because it's like... Right. So emo is really what the term indie is. Yeah, sure. You want to think think about how many bands would be classified as an quote a quote unquote indie band, right? Throw throw spoon in indie, throw foals, you know, throw half the bands that we've covered so far on this podcast, throw them under that category, right? And think about the the wide range in sounds, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. But yeah, for me, like I I I didn't really think that. I mean, and it's so obvious now. I didn't think of emo as something that branched off of punk, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know why I didn't think of that. It's obvious now. But right. Um, being an, an early 30-something, you know, I just didn't realize that emo was just everywhere. Um, Pretty much when we were in high school, dude, emo was the, what was mainstream. Every band that was popular in our age group in the early aughts that's most likely an emo band in the rock mainstream we you know that's probably why we just use words like punk to describe newfound glory because compared to jimmy newfound glory is punk right but compared right. to fallout boy like you know jimmy is not anywhere close to fallout boy you know what i mean like they're but they're all under the umbrella because of, you know, just a few things. Yeah, that... and Jimmy World isn't punk either. No, but they were. But that's the thing. Jimmy goes back to the to second wave emo. So yeah, they started right. out as yeah, right. as more uh, the punk. So anyway. So so the band we're talking about today, um, American Football, I'd never heard of them. Um, that little clip, our intro, what, what song was that? I really liked it. That was the opening track off of their... Off of their um, their self-titled debut album uh, that was called Never Meant. So here's the here's when did the, that come out. 
That came out in 99. So this came out the same year that Clarity came out. Uh, yeah. So again, these guys are, these guys are smack dab in, in the, um, well, they're not in the middle. They're, they're, they're right at the, at the end of second wave emo. And what's interesting about these guys. So it's, it's three guys and, uh, they had or the lead singer, at least his name is Mike Kinsella. And he came out of this other early emo band called Cap'n Jazz. Cap'n Jazz? Cap'n Jazz. Like Captain Jazz. Like, you know. Like Captain. You know how you spell Captain Crunch? <laughs> Captain Jazz. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, anyway, the story behind this album is that um, essentially it's a breakup album. But he wanted to sort of step away. If you listen to the Cap'n Jazz stuff, uh, it's more uh, it's more fast paced more punk based this is a breakup album and all of the songs are super low key and the lyrics are obviously like you know what you'd expect a young person to be writing about you know after after coming out of a, a an intense breakup you know what I mean like everybody remembers their first breakup oh yeah and that's kind of Again, this is why this is one of the things that makes something an emo song or an emo album is the lyrics. You know what I mean? Look, dude, I think the best description that I've heard yet for what makes an emo song emo is what you said last week. It's what you would expect to find if you were reading someone's live journal entry. Yeah, no, yeah. I can't take claim for that. I read that somewhere else, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the best way to describe it. It's, it's extremely personal. It's, it's like reading someone's diary. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. It's like when you go back to the origins of it in the mid eighties, punk rock was about rebelling against society, you know, re- rebelling against the system. Yeah. It was aggressive. Yeah, and the last thing know. that punk rock was about in the eighties was self-reflection. Yeah, so basically the <laughs> like early emo... personal reflection. Yeah, the early emo band took their journals and started, you know, singing what they read in their journals. If you think of it that way, they took yeah. it from, from like, singing out, outward their aggression to, like, inward aggression. You know what I mean? So, a breakup album is, like, just, like, prime pickings for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Especially, especially when you're a young a young person and somebody breaks up with you, you never ever think about, you know, why that person might suck. You're always like, God, I fucking suck. <laughs> or at least, you yeah. Know, yeah. Dude. If you're, especially at that age, your, your middle school and high school years. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. A lot of times I think that's what yeah. you're inclined to, to you go, go down that rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Well, let's listen to some tunes, shall we? Yeah. This We've got is a couple of them today. Let me just, so let me preface this again. So, this is an this is considered one of the greatest emo emo albums of all time. Again, according to Rolling Stone, this is number three. No, I'm sorry, number six on the list. Okay. Of top forty, so it's in the top ten. And what's interesting about this album is that there is absolutely no distortion whatsoever. The drumming almost borders on jazz drumming at times, and there's even a trumpet in a couple of the songs on this album. When have you ever heard a trumpet? In an, in an emo song. You know what I mean? Uh, never. I mean, we heard a violin with Yellow Card. Remember them? Unless, plot twist, Foles is an emo band. 
no. But interesting that you said that because what you're definitely going to hear with the guitar work is uh, some math rock. You're, interesting. You're going to hear some definite math rock because that's that's one of the genres that these guys fall under. Also worth noting. Really, they fall under math rock. Yeah, but they are they are considered you know early second wave emo. Are these guys still around? No, this is their one album. Oh shit! They came back. I think no, you I said take that it earlier. I take it back. They 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 reunited years later and 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 came out with another album. But this is like you know the album that they put this out, and then the band kind of dissolved and and that was it. And it, like it picked up. Um, the popularity like later on you know what I mean yeah so anyway um, yeah let's just let's go into the first track so this is um, this song is called Honestly just kind of ends uh it kind of goes into this extended outro that kind of sounds like that but q what are you what are your thoughts i loved it dude um i had a feeling you I would wish I, I wish i knew about this band well you do now dude yeah that's what no filler is all about <laughs> man. so okay so here's the thing let's talk about this for a second this came out in 99 okay. right yep so this was right before uh emo went mainstream right Dude, we were only 12 years old when this came out, man. Yeah. But we dude, were clueless. I mean, think about it. We were only what? Well, I mean, Bleed American came out in in like 2001, so we weren't you know, we were Yeah, 14. but we reached we, we reached those teenage years, right? That's true. But yeah, so if if you listen to this compared to other emo bands kind of we touched on, I don't know if we mentioned um, Hey Mercedes last week. 
But you did not. Are they are they on that list? Yes, of course they are. Did. But yeah, I would say I would put Hey Mercedes in in um, in the same third group. wave. Well, they're in third wave. Only, okay. only but but I mean right on the right on the beginning of it, kind of with Jimmy. Dude, we man, we want to talk about nerding out, man. <laughs> like, oh, they're on third wave, but I put them in this category. Yeah, I know, right? See, once you <laughs> once you like, yeah, once you go into the history of of emo music and start to realize all this stuff, like everything starts to fucking make sense, dude. I feel like uh, Russell Crowe with the whiteboard and shit. <laughs> Did he have a whiteboard okay, or was it just on. a? That was, I think it was a chalkboard. Chalkboard. Are you, are you talking about? Uh, no, no, no. You're talking about Rob, Rob, not Robin Williams, and Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> or no, no, no. Shit. <laughs> it was actually Matt. It was. What are we even talking? It was about Matt right Damon's now? character with the whiteboard. Yeah. With the chalkboard. And uh, yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe was in A Beautiful Mind, and he either had a whiteboard or he was doing the the string with the pictures and shit and the pins or whatever. But whatever. You know. What Dude, I'm I, I never even watched that movie, man. To this day, I've I have seen not it. seen it. I've movie. seen it once. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, everything starts to line up. Yeah. So it's like, oh. Yeah. It's, it's, dude, man, let's just, let's just get a little excited again, man. This is the kind of, this is what I love about music. Um, it's a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. There's so much to, to learn and to discover. Um, especially when you, when you, dive back into music that was out you know when you were you know in middle school high school years when i mean right for us specifically you know that was around the time that we just started getting into music on our own right and appreciating appreciating music. we were too young to well for one at that time you know the internet wasn't what it is today so music wasn't just readily available for you to to dive into and discover uh you know so we we get to do that now um in our 30s and dive back into this stuff i fucking love it dude yeah yeah exactly there's nothing better than um rediscovering an album that you used to listen to that you used to like love you know what i mean Putting it on because yeah, it takes yeah. you, it takes you right back, back, right back there. You know, it's you know, yep. yeah. We and we touched on like you know, hypnagogic pop and all that stuff early on, but uh, as far as like how episode two, and, and, well, and just how like hearing certain songs and sounds like can bring you right back to a, a particular moment. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So anyway, let me read you some of these lyrics, Q, from this song. Okay, honestly. And actually, let me preface this by saying this. I'm just going to quote the Rolling Stones article. Um, their little snippet, their little write-up on this. Uh, they say, um, so Mike Kinsella, as I mentioned, uh, he was the former Cap'n Jazz drummer. So, here's what they say. If there is one thing that nobody ever tells you about young love, it's that your days are numbered from the start. Mike Kinsella learned this the hard way before graduating high school at 17, prompting one of the most devastating breakup albums in the history of breakup albums, pulling lyrics straight from his old journal. And then it goes on. So, as we were saying, like literally, emo albums were, lyrics were lifted straight off of, you know, a journal after somebody broke up with his girlfriend. I mean, if that that's like textbook emo, you know what I mean? 
Right. And then you listen to these lyrics, dude. Honestly, I can't remember all my teenage feelings and the meanings. They seemed too see-through to be true. All the who's are there, but the why's are unclear. Picture this, the long-awaited sickening kiss. How does it feel? Explain. To know how we've rewritten history. These things change, despite the complicated beginning to all of this. And then he ends it with, honestly, with a question mark. As in like, like this, when you read these, this is the, the classic like, after you break up with somebody, you just replay conversations and like situations over and over in your head, trying to figure out like what went wrong. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Trying to oh, figure yeah. out like what did I, you know what did I do and did I miss something or blah blah blah. That's what this is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, um, it's no wonder emo music um, teenagers connect with emo music so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I should have been listening to American football in high school, man. How yeah, did I miss dude. these guys? Um, because they just didn't have much popularity. I mean, like this album came out and then Bleed American came out and, you know, emo music, mainstream emo music was this whole other thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think this ever even made it to mainstream. So, okay. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know if, so yeah, we, we kind of talked about how these guys are math rock. A lot of their guitar work Sounds a lot like, you know, the stuff that the L1011 guy uh, does. Uh, I think we played yep. them on the Foles episode. Um, we did. Yeah, so... It's all coming back around, friend. <laughs> yeah, so let me quote this, um, the Rolling Stone article again. Uh, it says, He and fellow guitarist Steve Holmes remain in constant dialogue through calculated trills and seamless repetitions. Yeah, that sounds like math rock right there. And what's funny is there, there's there, there's no bass player on this album. It's just... What? It's just two guitar players and a drummer. And, wow. And then, and then they throw in a trumpet, and there's an organ, too, on some of the songs. Um, but it's just those three musicians. So Awesome, man. Thanks for sharing, dude. I... I... I feel like I, I knew that American Football was the name of a band. Like, I, I feel like the... You know, I, I'd heard that somewhere, but I, ne- I never listened to him. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just so uh, it just makes me so happy to to hear music that I missed. You know, yeah, that is, yeah. It, it, this is one of those those albums that right when I clicked play on track one, I was like, I'm gonna like this whole album, and I just knew it. And like, yeah. it is one of those yeah. albums, dude. Like, I've been listening to it on like heavy repeat like for the last 2 weeks. Awesome, dude. I man, I need yeah, I need to give I need to give it a good a good listen then. Yeah, the whole al- sure. the whole album is really really well done. So, uh, cool. another thing that's really cool and this is going to be our outro song. There are a couple of tracks on here that are instrumental. Just pure instrumental and um, one of them uh, is what we're going to close on. Uh, it's called You Know I Should Be Leaving Soon. And um, again, this is where like their math rock and sort of like jazz vibes really kind of shine, you know, cause there's no singing. Right. So anyway, we'll close on that, but let's, uh, let's tease next week. Uh, we're going to do our second, um, album in our, uh, spoon series. Uh, we're going to talk about our spoonathon, our spoonathon. Yeah. And we're going to talk about girls can tell, which is dude. 
My oh my god, man! One I of cannot my, fucking wait. Yeah, this is this is up there as as my as probably one of my favorite spoon. Just like as a whole, I think this is my favorite album from theirs. Well, let's just say that girls can tell, and I'm with you on this, dude. This, uh, I I feel like this is Spoon's e- best album. This is yeah. There's something really special about. I about think this the way is these, when Spoon songs sound really figured it out. And I yeah. I don't like to say it that way, you know, because it's not like there's something that they're that they're striving for because it's a band and it's like like we you know like that quote from um his name fucking name escapes me at the moment but the lead singer for falls uh kind of like what he was saying you know when you listen to an album you're you're seeing uh you're listening to a, a a photo like a snapshot of the band at that time yeah, it's very organic. Like, there's no goal that they're striving for, that they're reaching for. But I feel like this is the album. Girls can tell encompasses all, what Spoon is to me. Yeah, right. We're nerding out on Spoon again because, like we've said, Spoon's our favorite band of all time. And man, I can't wait, dude, for that episode. Yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, so like I said. This is uh, one of the two instrumental songs on American Football's self-titled record. Came out in '99 again, so we're gonna just let this song play. Hang on, out. dude. Hang on, brother. As per usual, we almost forget to do this every goddamn time. Uh, hop onto our website, my friends. Nofillerpodcast.com. Uh, pretty much everything you that you need to know and anything that you'd want to know is on our website. Um, we've got extensive show notes on each of our episodes, including the sidetracks, uh, where we've got, uh, track listings. Well, actually not for the sidetracks, but (laughs) you know, uh, we've got links to, to videos and interviews. We've got all of our sourced, uh, material linked on that website. So if you want to dive a little deeper, um, chances are you'll find way more information, um, on our episodes on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. You can stream our episodes on our website through SoundCloud. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, including Stitcher, you'll find us on there. And uh, yeah, so that should do it for this week. Again, uh, Travis, what's what are we closing out with? Okay, so this song is called you know I should be leaving soon. And again, it's one of the instrumental tracks. Uh, and it's pretty damn sweet. The song is called You Know I Should Be Leaving Soon. So let's let's hear it. So again, my name is Travis, and um, you're Quentin. And that's who I am. My name's Quentin. We will see you all next week. Take care. Lele. <laughs> I love that you said Lele, dude. <laughs>
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 